Welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are joined by Mr. Matt Quan. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. And you're joined. I mean, Josh has disappeared already. Like a moment ago, I could see his face and know what's gone on. <laughs> the light. It is. There we go. Hey, I can see him again. Oh my gosh, it's Josh. Oh, it's me. There we are. Fantastic. Like this is pretty much a full roster this week. We've got no Lee. I don't know why. Uh, just, I just, I don't. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna make excuses for him. He's just not here. Um, but how are we, gentlemen? Are we okay? Yeah, not bad. Good. Yeah, I'm all right. I can't complain. Good, good, good. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm possibly the one who's got the most to complain about this week, having literally just come out of a spell of COVID for the hey. third time. <laughs> but there we go. That's what will happen when restrictions aren't in place anymore. Oh, it's like, let's act surprised. <laughs> yeah shock face shock pikachu face <laughs> absolutely that's, that's an internet meme isn't it yeah. <laughs> as opposed yeah. to those non-internet memes like the ones that you had to look up in books yeah the postcards they used to call them <laughs> <laughs> i just like imagining like a like a yearly manual kind of thing like like the beano or, or like the dandy or anything but like just freshest memes <laughs> just had to look through <laughs> shit man that that sounds like a a business idea that's got legs, doesn't it? I mean, it, it does in the 1990s. Fuck. <laughs> let's invent a time machine and then let's invent the meme annual. Okay. I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not sure that this this is a an experience that translates to other countries. I don't know if any other countries had manual, like the, sorry, the annuals. <laughs> or I remember all... like back in 2001 I'm going to say something like that I remember having like the busted annual 2000 or 2001 when busted were like a thing oh shit I, I've, I've got that beaten I was I think about 26 I just left a job was going to like my new job and oh no it weren't it was for Christmas the year before I left that job um, and we all did like a secret Santa thing. I got this crazy girl who you had the last four. No, no. I mean, she was a bit weird. I think like she she fancied me. I think um, she said some really weird stuff. At one point, she said she wanted my fart in a jar just so that she could <laughs> keep it. I'm not. Uh, that's that's beside <laughs> the point. She she was a strange fucking girl. Um, however, she bought me. The Despicable Me annual. I was 20 fucking six at the time. Um, so, not not sure what game she was playing there, like what, what angle she was going for. Um, but fucking Despicable Me. She wanted your banana. She, I mean, she she may well have wanted my banana. However, <laughs> with with presents like that, she ain't getting it. And spoilers, it never did work for her. <laughs> but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best thing I've heard all day. Yeah. So, I mean, that happens. <laughs> Fucking weird girl. 
Fucking weird. But there you go. And this is where we have her for you now. <laughs> oh, shit, mate. I would run a mile, I'll and tell you. And Budgie Pedal Chap, this is your life. <laughs> I mean, we are going hard with the like the British references now, aren't we? We are really alienating the, uh, the American viewers. Or I listeners. mean, they've alienated themselves from the rest of the world, so... Uh, I mean, there have been some controversial things happen recently within the uh, within the US, and I think knowing our listenership, they are probably as confused and pissed off about it as we are. Yes, we like we've got a pretty pretty sound listenership. They are the kind of people who are on the side of sense can't say that which is well i mean <laughs> they listen to this podcast how could how the hell can you possibly say that <laughs> they're not the kind of people who would vote for trump let's say okay yeah but there you go um let's let's devolve back onto like let's <laughs> turn this tangent 180 yeah and let's go let's just do a standard what have we been up to who wants to start this week in fact actually matt can start this week because josh you have got a big old chunk of solid gold news this week, haven't you? Yeah, let's say that. So we're gonna we're gonna save Josh's big old chunky one for a little bit later. It's the first time I've ever heard big old chunky and Josh in the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs> That's it. Not a not a like he's a trier. God loves a trier. <laughs> <laughs> right, Matt, Matt, what have you been up to this week, my man? So I've not really been up to much. Uh Josh actually sent me a strap for a guitar, which I don't actually own yet. So it's a bright pink, neon pink strap, which would look really good on a white uh, Nick Johnston strap. So what I've actually been doing is preparing a couple of guitars to sell and nice. by restringing them, tidying up the fretwork, like making sure they're not covered in dust because I haven't touched them for two years. Yes. That kind of stuff. And there's actually a, a, a new music shop opening up on the island. Yes, so yeah, you, you mentioned this. Uh, I am a lazy fuck, so I will be taking advantage of there. We'll have them on the wall in the store, and you can pay us a 10% commission or whatever it is. Yeah. And I will just let somebody else do all the work for me so I don't have to. So what? what is it that we're getting rid of? What are so we saying? I'm probably going to get rid of the, the Fender Strat that I've got on the basis okay. that for the meantime, I can cover it with a Variax. Yeah. And the end goal is another strap. Yeah. So I'll probably get rid of that Mexican strap, which is probably about 300 quid. Um, I will probably get rid of the vintage telly with the, the blends in, just because because I've got the Les Paul, I barely play it. Yeah. Okay. So that was probably another 180 quid, maybe. Because it's... Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm also going to get rid of the gold top... T- uh, the gold top vintage Les Paul that I've got with the uh, p- the Fletcher P90s in it. Oh, shit, Again, man. I haven't haven't played it in a couple of years. Um, in fact, both the both of the vintages have lived at my mother's since I moved out like 18 months at least ago, if not longer. And yeah, I've not touched them. Like, uh, yeah, so I, I, I went around and picked them up on Sunday. Was it Sunday? Yeah, it'd be Sunday. Um, and... I'm just in the process of tidying them up, ready for this. This I think the store opens next week or the week after, so I will drop it off at the store, and hopefully, I'll be most of the way to a Nick Johnson strap, and I think a neon pink strap on a white strap with a black guard. Uh, sorry, yeah, I'll I'll get a custom black guard for it, and a 
ebony board and it'll just look fucking sick. Yeah, that sounds like it'll look really nice. I'm down for that. And I'm like fully, fully excited that you're going for the Nick Johnston. Yeah. Yeah, boy. I just, I've, I've been coveting one for ages. And then when the Les Paul died and I was like, right, I might just go work a man's like, guitar and just get one, like a HSS Strat, and just gig that as my main guitar. So yeah. did a load of research and was going to buy a HSS Nick Johnston. And now that I don't need to, I'll just buy an SSS Nick Johnston. Because I've just, yeah, I've I've been looking at it for basically for six weeks or whatever it is since the Les Paul had its incident. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, I've just got to the point now where I just want one. I think we mentioned on the last cast that the Les Paul is going to be okay. It's going to it be is. okay. It is. It's in a queue. It's not been repaired yet, but it will be repaired soon. Cool. I'm down for that. Oh, man, I'm excited. So am I. I, I, I'd like to say it's going to be weeks away because once they go into the shop, they're not going to sell instantly. So I'll, I'll have to wait until the guitars because I'll, I'll need a good kind of 80% of the money to come from there and then I can cover off the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, by the sounds of it, though, those those vintages, uh, they'll, they'll be real, real bargains for whoever gets them. Yeah, I mean... They they've had all of the work done to them, so they've they've both been in for setup. So they've they've had all the fret dressing that needed doing at the time. So I'm just polishing up the fret, frets because, like I say, they've sat for eighteen months, so they're a bit dull and yeah, need need a good kind of. So I've polished up the frets. They've the boat there. Uh, the the SG has got a new wiring harness and new pickups, and the um the gold top has got, obviously got. I think they're the Alnico twos. I bought them off you rather than flats because you had them lying around. Oh yeah, they were yeah. Weirdly, they were Yeoman's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, he'd bought a Harley Benton, like semi-hollow T-type. Yeah. Uh, and then he'd ordered he'd ordered the Fletchers, but by the time the Fletchers came, he'd sold the Harley Benton. <laughs> of so, course he had. So he just had, he had these two, like two P nineties, just kicking about. I think they were around Nico twos, but yeah, yeah, like I, really I really good it. pickups. Look, yeah, yeah. Sounded really good, but I just it, it they just fell out of rotation once I kind of I got to the point where I had the proper Les Paul, the um the Variax for any kind of stratty stuff and the, the Cabernet and everything else fell out of rotation to the point where like the only I think I think I'm probably gonna cut my guitar collection down. I'll keep the Gretz that the missus bought me for the me thirtieth as kind of like my knock around at home guitar. Yeah. Um, I'll obviously have the Cabernita, the Les Paul, the Variax, and the Telly that I've got in Open G. And, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll have the Nick Johnston when that arrives, and that probably do me, which means I've probably got another couple of guitars that I need to tidy up and, and get rid of as well. Yeah, because you've, you've got that Sparkle um, FSR Squire, haven't you, kicking a bit? Oh, actually, I might keep that, because I bought some hot slags to put in that. <laughs> yeah you did J- um, Josh's but... face just said like <laughs> had an absolute picture there um, I'm not saying anything yeah the, the Iron Gear hot slags um, just because like I want to use it as like my thrash around kind of yeah anytime you want to play punk or pop punk or any kind of chuggy like pop like uh, power chord kind of riffs and stuff yeah Um, and I I just I don't think I'd ever want to sell I'd, I'd, I'd like the look of the the pink sparkle strat i just it's i think it's a cool guitar even if it hangs on a wall yeah i mean the the thing with that is you won't be able to get another one if you 
then re-decide, yeah. actually, that's the guitar for me. I mean, funny you should mention, like, pop-punk stuff. I was uh, literally yesterday, I was playing um, Dave Mira's BMX for, uh, for, <laughs> oh, the, for the Dreamcast. It's doing a bit Fucking of emulation. And the like the the soundtrack for it was absolute fucking gold. There was some like amazing, like kind of bordering on the the new metal, but not fully, not like the yeah. the, the kind of the heavier like the the Slipknot and and all of that. It was kind of like precipice of uh, of new metal, but then also some of the punk stuff. There was I think there was Rancid on there as well, and I was just like. Why the fuck was I not more heavily into this when it was when it was a thing? Like I'm clearly twenty years too late, but this this stuff's fucking rad. Yeah. In fairness, like uh, especially like you know when Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. All of the soundtracks like for those sort of games were always like pretty on point. It's it's not yeah. even those sort of games. But back then, like up up until about two thousand and five, I would say. Half of my music taste came from games, whether it was the FIFA soundtrack, whether it was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 to 4. Oh, fuck, like mate. Dave, Gran Turismo had Dave some Dave bangers Mir- as well. Gran oh, Turismo yeah. did. Um, Grand Theft Auto. Burnout. Burnout Legends, Burnout Paradise. Like, there's so many good games. Even Need for Speed had some good music on some of the early ones. Riders on the Storm was Skin, on Need for Speed Underground Yeah, Skin, I think Skindred were on yeah, there. Yeah, like, video games just had... Awesome music, and then in about two thousand and five, they just switched, and it was all people who'd bought a chance to be on this video game, on the, mm. in the hopes that because the video game sells, yeah, they, their music would go to the, go to the masses, and it, it was either one or two artists that you'd heard of that you didn't like, or it was just music that wasn't selling anywhere else that people were desperately trying to get listen people listening to. Yeah, they missed the entire point, didn't they? The the fact that all of the Tony Hawk um, soundtracks were absolutely fucking iconic. It weren't because they were Tony Hawk soundtracks. It's because they were like carefully curated soundtracks. Yeah. Well, they were soundtracks aimed at the aimed at the kind of people they thought would listen to, to be playing Tony Hawk's. Yeah, yeah, and it just yeah it worked perfectly. Same with the Dave Meir one. Yeah, so I, I had a bit of a. Um, bit of a nostalgic moment with that. Dave Mira, however, janky as fuck. Like, because the second I, one was better. I, I played through um, the Tony Hawk three for the PlayStation two about four months ago, and that was absolutely golden, solid, beautiful controls. Like, I knew that if I fucked up anything, it was me who had fucked up. Yeah. And you felt everything was fair. Dave Mira, fuck me. Fuck <laughs> me. Um but yeah, like the, the soundtrack was getting me through. It was it was so good. Um just going back to like you mentioned in the, the Fletch P nineties, for the, the most recent practice that I had, which was last uh last Wednesday, I went completely off piste. I didn't take my Variax with me. I decided to take two Ibanez guitars with me some reason <laughs> just because i was like well why the fuck not i've not played these in a while i took my um rg uh 570s the one with the p90 single coil p90 and then the i blue took one yeah the blue one um and then i've got a an rgr 
with it's got humbuckers in it and the humbuckers have been described to me by Fletch as humbuckers for guitarists who don't like humbuckers so I was like <laughs> yes I'll give these a go absolutely so like first uh, like first half of our practice I played the P90s my fucking god how good are P90s <laughs> Well, I'm I'm going down the route of not owning a guitar with P90s in because I never I like they sound fine, but I'd rather a humbucker or a single coil. Like they're yeah, I like if I want a single coil sound, I want a single coil sound, not a P90. Sorry, I've just uh, I just received a message off our editor. That's what that beep <laughs> sound was. Do do. I was like, who's who the fuck's Ron? Because it like it appeared on the top top of my uh, screen here. I was like, it's Ron. Oh, oh, that's Ron. Yeah, cool. Um, I'll read that later. Um, yeah, P nineties. Um, I think they're they're the humbucker for me because I I don't like how um how powerful humbuckers are. Like how um how much of a an impact they have on my EQ compared to the single coil. So you don't like how good a humbucker is. No, it's you would like less good. I, I like brightness, and the humbuckers just like no matter how much I try, they don't get there. What you're essentially saying is you want a humbucker but with less gain. Not not only that, I want I want an EQ that doesn't completely take over my sound. Uh, I've just not tried the right humbucker for you. There is a humbucker for everyone. I've I've got I've got perfect humbuckers like. The the blend set that is in my uh, Les Paul are the most uh, like archetypal humbucker sound that you can get, but because of the way like the things that I want to play and the way that I want to play humbuckers just in general can't do that. But I found that the P nineties that I have in that RG were thick enough to have the the raucousness of a humbucker but didn't overpower everything enough that I was, like, the the tone was niggling away at me. So it was a beautiful, beautiful balance, and it was, like, rich and creamy. And I ignored the fact that the the fretboard on the RG is essentially just flat. So it was, like, I've stopped playing that guitar because I've, like, moved away from guitars that are like shreddy flat fingerboards, really thin necks and whatnot. But I got over the fact that that was, that was the case because the tone was so on point and I was loving it. Loving it, loving it, loving it. Again, UK, UK references here. <laughs> was that it, it, Fats and Small, was it? Or no, it weren't. It was... Wasn't that Ali? No. Is it? Is it wicked? I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. We're loving it like this. Yeah. Oh, who I was have that? No, I'm going to Google it. So, D, it not D, it's not DJ looking MC, Nate, is it? No, that was a little bit of luck. You can make it through the night. DJ Pied Piper and the Master of Ceremonies. Yes, that's the one. Cool. Oh. Was that were they not a, like I had just always assumed that that would go global because no so no one else had put up with that shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
so yeah, I tried I tried the um tried the one RG uh, and it was absolutely wicked tones. And then I for the second half I tried the humbuckers, which were humbuckers unfortunately. So they weren't quite single coils that I was expecting. But they, they were really good sending humbuckers. So I'm gonna have to have a chat with Fletch and see what, what's going on with them. Because they sounded good. They did sound good. Um but then alas the um the there was a bit of tragedy that bestrucken the um the band bestriked. <laughs> <laughs> um the like we had the practice on Wednesday and by kind of Thursday afternoon I got a text message saying our gig on on Saturday is being called off. I was like, okay, what's going on? Singer's got COVID and lost her voice. Ah, well, that that'll do it, won't it? Um, and then like the following days, proceeded to like the rest of the band all got COVID, including myself. Uh, so that was a big, big shit. Um, however, I managed to get uh, some videos recorded before I got tested for COVID. Uh, one of which is coming out this Friday, last Friday for you lot. It is based on the Demon Effects um, Prince of Sound, which, when abbreviated, is POS. Um, not the good piece of shit. <laughs> um, not quite, but it's uh, it, like it's a really, really decent like blues blues breaker Marshall blues breaker kind of tone. Um, it looks exactly the same as a Prince of Tone, though. Like, there is absolutely no way that this company are not going to get sued, <laughs> or at very least a cease and desist. <laughs> like, it's so close. I, I think I've got it just, just down it's, here. So. It, it's not even subtle. <laughs> oh, here, here it is. Subtlety is overrated. Here we go. So, like, if you saw that, on a board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. Um... Have, they, have they stolen some, like, some of their enclosures already painted and, like, scratched out the words analog man at the bottom and painted their own? <laughs> it's, it's that close. But if you, if you look into Demon Effects, they <laughs> look, their entire lineup is that they've got a Friedman clone, which, like, the Friedman BEOD, which is just. Where it would say Friedman, it says Demon Effects. Uh, they've got the uh, that Duelist pedal. And yeah, I'm just looking at that one now. They've got a fucking I, the I um, that as the well. comp as well. They've got the um, the Origin comp. Uh, the Revival Tribe. They, they've literally got a Jan Ray called Jan Ray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So oh my God. I mean. It's pretty fucking fun. In fact, they've got um, the Analog Man Chorus as well. Oh, have they? Yeah, pretty much exactly the same, like, enclosure looking. Because that's my favourite chorus in the world. Indeed. It'd be handy and to have a backup. I was tempted to, to buy one just to be like, yo, Matt, look. <laughs> and that, that still might happen. You never know. But they do. Like, they, their stuff is so, so close. There is absolutely no way that they aren't getting a cease and desist from at least one company. I, I mean, I'm just looking through, and there's like seven or eight companies that can go after them here in the first two. Yeah, like the first page you're looking at, and you're like, well, that's that they, clone. 
They've literally called their compressor the Cali Seven. Sorry, the Cal Seventy Six. But so it looks like the Cali. <laughs> they've changed the, the I to a second L. Yeah, I mean, it's scandalous. However, I am here to tell you that their pedals don't just look good. They uh, they actually sound pretty decently. I mean, obviously, I've not tried a Prince of Toad because I don't have that kind of money and. Like, who's got one, really? But it sounds good. It sounds really good. They're, they even steal the font. That's incredible. Like, they've got a Riot distortion as well, and the, the font is from the, the Sir Riot. This is... <laughs> oh, the Sir Riot font is literally just like the the Microsoft stock font chiller. It's it's a little bit, a little bit changed, and they've got a different font for the... The, for the word riot and they've got the same different font as well as the the uh, disc <laughs> level and tone font like yeah they, they're they literally copying everything right down to the, the to the fonts on these things i mean if they had a riot distortion and called it the reet distortion but in that same font <laughs> i would be buying one of those <laughs> Oddly, I, I, they must have had something through because it's now the, it, it's called the solo distortion. So obviously they've had some. Everything else is like Prince of Sound, Jan Ray, yeah, mini chorus, dual gun instead of duelist, steel stringer. They've got a steel stringer. It's still called the. St- of course they so. have. <laughs> of course they have. But yeah, so, so yeah. this is that's what will be coming out this week on my uh, on my notical tone. Definitely worth a watch because. I can't guarantee that they will be for sale for too much longer. It's like, <laughs> it, like even if the circuits are um, sold still, those enclosures, they, they're going to have to change, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but not only that, hopefully, by, uh, by the time that this comes out, tomorrow should be a um, Pedal Boards of Doom video on the TC Impulse. Uh, it's been a while since uh, since I got one through the post. I think both me and Lee got one at the same time. He plugged his in and tried it pretty much straight away, and mine has stayed in the cupboard for months. It's quite a few quite a few months. Um, so I finally got like I finally got the the time and the like the the idea for a video. Uh, plugged it in, and I was very very impressed. Like considering, I've got. Um, IR pedals already. I've also got like the stomp that does IRs as well. It's comparable, comparable at least to those. The stock, uh, stock IRs that you get with it, you get something like eighteen um, Celestian cabs. So there's like V30s, Greenbacks, uh, G12Ms, or whatever they are. Um, some of this like the 75s you've got uh alnico blue and alnico gold there's a cream back in there as well so you get look all of the the kind of the speakers that you'd expect from celestian all of the ones that you'd know from from any amp that you've ever played um so that that in and of itself is wicked there's bass and acoustic um irs as well like the I think what they said was the acoustic IRs are based on the things from the body res, which is the the pedal that they've got that you plug into, like the piezo pickup of an acoustic, and it ends up giving it more of an actual natural sound. 
which I thought that was wicked. But, I mean, who cares about acoustic and bass IRs? But they've there's there's one thing on it which is absolutely phenomenal, which is they've got eight different IRs at the end that are cab and power amp. Yeah, so they've got cab and power amp IRs, which the the idea behind it is that you can take this pedal in your gig bag if your entire setup fucks up. You can like plug it into the end of your um your pedal board, run run that like into front of house, and then you've got a decent sounding backup. And it's okay. yeah, and I, I basically I tried that on the um on the demo, and it's really good. It's you'll hear the tones that I get out of it. Just mwah, fantastic. But this week, Josh, I'm talk, talking about pedal boards of doom. You've uh, you've had a smash hit this week, haven't you? Yeah, I uh, was surprised when I was just scrolling through the gram one day at work, and I was like, oh. Neural DSP have a uh, a new system update, so I was like, "Well, I know what I'll be doing when I get home." Um, and, and then after the wank, yeah, <laughs> yeah, after that, um, and so of course, come and did the update. And the first time I actually played for any of the presets was when I did the video for Pedal Boards of Doom. We had. No, this is where I'm going to have to try and remember everything. There was uh, new sounds from the Diesel Herbert, which had a channel one, two, and three. Channel two had like a plus boost, yeah, which which kind of turned it from a crunch into, I'd say, like a, just a more driven crunch in a way, but not yeah. quite full lead. Uh, about six different versions of a Fender Tweed. Like different bright modes. Uh, Is that where you cracked out the uh, the strat as well? Yes. Oh yeah, sounded really good. That did. You know what? That strat is a little gold mine. Considering I paid about eighty quid for it. (laughs) You what? Yeah, that's a different story for another day. Um, and the Bogner Ubershaw, which sounded good. But I personally have never liked the, the sound of the Bogners. I find them too, they sound really boxy, you know, like if you're using a cab and yeah. you run a cab emulator f- into a cab and it's got that really um, boxy sort of sound. And that, that was what Bogners always kind of remind me of. Um, however, they did sound um, really good. I was really happy with them. Uh, we had uh, some new drives, the Keely Red Dirt. Uh, the Vemuram J ran or Ran J, whatever. It's yeah, called. it was the Ran J, wasn't it? Uh, that one sounded really good as well, actually. I, I like that one. I, yeah, I was surprised at that. Like, I've only ever seen you know pictures of it, and I've seen the price, and I'm just thinking, <laughs> yeah, <"Fuck."> no, <laughs> yeah. Um, had the su- surprisingly more gain than I expected, uh, and the Nobles ODR one, which was. I think my that was actually my favourite out of all of the drives that were on there. Um, yeah, they're like the Nashville um, Nashville tube screamer, aren't they? The Nobles. Yeah. It's not quite got that um, nasally sort of high end 
sound yeah. to it that like a, a tube screamer has. I think it feels a bit, it feels and sounds a bit smoother. Yeah. Uh, there was, they've also, I didn't demo them because I didn't feel like there wasn't necessarily a need to, but they made all of the compressors that they've already got on there into stereo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I thought there was no point necessarily really doing that, but I did demonstrate the the Boss CS3, which they've called the Chief CS3. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is uh, clever marketing, shall we say. Love it. Um, and what they what they did add, which I didn't demo particularly well, which I, I can't remember if he made the cut or not, was a mini voicer. Um, and the only way you can describe it is if every string had its own individual pitch shift. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm not sure that did, did make the cut. No, because it, it's very... Um, like, you know, Tim Henson from Polyphia. It's very much lends itself to that. He's the guy, isn't he? Tim Henson. I can't stand him. Um, <laughs> it it wow. very much leans itself to that sort of, um, I don't even know what kind of, you know, very Instagram-y, you know, like... Yeah, kind of math-rocky. Yeah, hand-tapping, fret-wanking sort of... And we, we can tell which side of the fence you're sitting on here, Josh. Really? Indeed. Is that obvious. Uh, which I at all didn't, you know, I can't play it like that. So am I ever going to use it? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun- like when you find find out that you've got a bit crusher in, in your um in your multi-effects, you're like, hmm. Is that is that my everyday thing? No, but it's nice being there if I ever need it. Like if you know, I think if I could route a patch where you know it was like big reverb, like shimmer reverb into yeah. that, into some delay or whatever, it would probably be quite cool. But yeah, yeah, it's not something I will necessarily use very much. But yeah, it's nice to have it there to play, uh, to play with. There was uh, war as well, weren't there? There was. Uh... Something yeah, to do with the Cry yes, Baby. They finally, finally added the Cry Baby War into it. And did they have wars before? Or was it? Yeah, they had a bad horsey, which okay, I yeah. think is the. I think is that that's like the Steve Vai yeah, yeah. And they had one or have one called the Bubba War, which is that war that literally has the treadle that looks like a foot. Yeah, yeah. The um. Oh, who is it? Snarling Dog, was it? Yeah, something like that, something really obscure. And I tried both of them, and I couldn't get them. I didn't like the sound of them, um, so I stuck my crybaby wire on on the pedal board, and then they released that, and I was like, yoink, bye. Um, <laughs> Fuck <and> you! <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's perfect. It's absolutely spot on. So all of my, like, my Ramstein and Paramore and other bits and pieces that I use the Crybaby Bar on now are using the, the Neural DSP one. And oh. it's spot on. Absolutely spot on. The oh. best thing that they've done with it, though, is normally, like, with a wire, you do the, the toe click to, to turn it on. Yeah. Um, but what they've done with this is you can assign the foot switch and you can have it to turn off after literally you put your foot on it and it'll yeah. turn itself on automatically. Yeah. And then as soon as you stop movement, it turns itself off. 
which I think is genius. Yeah. Um, you can do it where as soon as you go straight into heal, <coughs> heal down mode, it turns yeah. itself off. Uh, or you can set it where if it doesn't detect any movement, it will turn itself off. So you can choose how. Yeah. So like if you haven't moved it for three seconds or two seconds or, or like, yeah, I think you can go down to milliseconds. Okay. And you can literally just take your foot off and it will disengage straight away. I mean, that that gives you the option then, because if you want a cocked war tone, you can then have like engaged with a foot stomp over if you know that you're never going to use the cocked war tone and it's only ever going to be like expression, you could have it yeah. come on when there's movement. Yeah, so like say if you want the cocked wall, all you can do is when you put the the wall block parameter onto your onto your rig, if you haven't got an expression pedal, you can turn one of the dials and you can pick the exact position yeah. that you want the sound. Um, and then you can just say like if you want that cocked wall sound, then just set it to like stomp A, for example. Yeah, a bit like the um, oh, what was it called? The Dunlop Q. Something or other, because they yeah. had like a cock fight, and not the cock fight as well. Yeah, it yeah, was. Um, yeah, because I think they bought like was it the Q filter thing, and it was like a yeah. stomp box. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. essentially uh, a crybaby without the treadle, wasn't it? And it, it was just much, on yeah. a pot rather than. I mean, because I know that like the treadle activates a pot, doesn't it? But like this was yeah. just a normal mounted pot. That's really cool. I. I was down with some of the uh, some of the updates. The the jam ray was wicked. I liked the sound of the war. I thought that was only really good. Uh, and the the twin just yeah. I, I was surprised with how good the fen, uh, some of the fender ones sounded. I mean, you know, it's not something I would use all the time. However, like you know, when you are wanting to just clean it up and use, you know, I guess you could just use it as a pedal platform. Yeah. Um, there's no reason why, you know, you couldn't have that as your ramp and then just set six stomps on there. Um, that was also a feature that I didn't get to because I literally did the update, turned the camera on, did the video. So, yeah. uh, so almost have, like a first reactions kind of. Yeah. Um, first look kind of thing. Uh, what they did actually, like before, they have got like the stomp box mode. So, you can, you know, yeah. you've got A to. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. There we go, H. <laughs> um, yep. And, like, you could only set originally, like, one pedal to A, one pedal to B. Yeah. Now you can set as many pedals or any as many parameters you want to, like, A. Yeah, so A B. could switch on Stonebox 1, 2, 3. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, and then do, like, amp switch as yeah. well if you want. So is... They have like the, um, I think they call it scene mode, which is like, you know, scene A with like your main, scene B, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But now, like, say if you've got just an amp on there and you just want to use it as a platform, oh, well, I don't want to have to tap dance to press A, C, and D to put on an EQ drive and a delay. You just press A. Done. Yeah. Like, if you knew that, like, these three pedals are your solo mode, yeah. just go boom, that's on, sorted. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, not meaning to brag, but the HX Stompers had that since I got it. But, but this, the, the Quad Cortex also only came out last year. So, like, we'll, we will forgive in this instance. And after talking to some people, 
in the know. Apparently, the next big update for neural DSP politics is the ability to put any of the plugin presets onto the quad cortex. Oh, okay, so, so you can import got, between. So if you've got Archetype Nolly or Gajira or Soldano SLO, and say if there's a preset that you really like on, say, the Soldano one, you yeah. will then be able to import that onto the quad cortex and use it. Nice. Mm. That's wicked. Right, tell us. Tell us, Josh. Because um, this week you've got a gig coming up, haven't you? You've got the first gig with Paramorgb. Yeah, Paramorgb. Uh, although when this comes out, I would have done the gig. But this week, yes, I have. Our, Congratulations uh, on, on a fantastic gig, Josh. Thank you. Or oh, and to cater for both crowds. Yeah. I'm sorry it went so shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next time it surely can't go that bad. Yeah, hopefully not. Um, People won't. Yeah, we'll we'll delete as applicable. Yeah, or we'll just leave them both in for laziness. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you know me well. Uh, it'll be my first gig since uh, literally the week before COVID kind of hit our shores. Oh, shit, man. That's... It's, been, it's It's been that long. Um, so That's I'm what really she said. Looking, I'm really... Yeah. Um, <laughs> at, this is what also what she said. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, never, never, not once. <laughs> she says, um, well, I've "If you must, that. I think is." <laughs> uh, and it, to be, it only seems I didn't know. Kind of, it wasn't too long ago that was doing the audition, and yeah, it's come really fucking quickly. And it's been a. She's definitely said that before. <laughs> yeah. Still waiting. That's it. I'll finish myself off, shall I? <laughs> yeah. Um. It's it's been. It's also been very difficult, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> bec- like, you know, before, like, the early band I've been in was the Ramstein tribute, which I, I already knew a lot of them. It's about 99.999% yeah. of the material. Yeah, it weren't like you had to do homework for it because you were already, like, you were there already. Yeah. Um, and it's been very difficult to kind of having to learn, right, you know, this week, you know, we're doing... We're adding this song, this song, this song. So, you know, you have a week to learn a song. And then there's a difference, you know, I've definitely learned there's a difference. Because with Ramlight, we never practiced. We never did rehearsal. Yeah. Um, Which is amazing how nothing ever fucked up, really. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I definitely found that there's a difference between rehearsing or practicing at home and then actually rehearsing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you get the vibe get... off the other musicians, don't you? Yeah. Um, and that's been difficult. And it's also been difficult with not wanting to kind of big, big myself up with this, but I'm kind of the one that's got one of the most technical, you know, tech side yeah. knowledge out of any out of either anybody in the band. And I've probably got the most gigging experience out of anybody in the band as well. Um, okay, so, big, Billy Big Bollocks over here, <laughs> which has kind of also been quite stressful because, like, yeah, we've you... got a lot of new things going on with the band, and it's kind of been, can you help with this? Can you help with this? Can you help with this? Yeah, yeah, you're um, like the guru, like whether yeah, you like so, it or not. Um, 
I've basically set up all of the guitar instruments. Obviously, I've got my presets, which I've now completely changed on the Quad Cortex. It's all completely different now. I've rebuilt from the ground up. Uh, the other guitarist, Joe, wanted... Um, he had this Headrush MX-5, which, you know, was it still had the cellophane on. It was brand new. Um, and he was like, I need something making for it because I don't want to lug an amp to and from the gig. Yeah, it's fair. Um, That's absolutely so, not fair. Buy a real amp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Uh, so I, I had to set all that up for him. Yeah. Um, which ended up turning out really, really, really well. Uh, the bassist was just was using, I think it's like a Boss ME50. Or oh, something. Like the MA50B, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, and, of them. and he wanted some help building a better bass sound. Did you tell him to buy an Ampeg FBT <laughs> at a 410? Uh, <laughs> or an 810? I, I actually told him to get, Row up a, and get an amp. <laughs> well, to be fair, he uses like a, a 210 cab. But right, like okay. the, the majority of it was going through this Boss ME50 or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah okay. um, and I told him to kind of go out, get a, a dark glass B7K and run that into a Tech 21 Sansamp. Yeah. Um, okay. And he's I mean, the kind Sansamp of... would be the would be my go-to, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's kind of gone along this, um, a similar route. He's just done it on a bit more of a better budget. And he got... Um, an MXR compressor uh, just to kind of hold it all together. And he bought, yeah. funny enough, like an, it's like the, the B7K and the Sansamp in one box, but it's like an Ampeg one. I've, okay. I've, not, I've not seen it before. I can't remember the name of it. But I tell you what, when it turned on, I just like, hmm, what is that? You know, that proper gurn face. I was like, yeah, that's the stuff. Yeah. Um, so we sorted that all out. And Ultimately, better tone than a uh, M E fifty. Yeah, um, but I've also set him up um, because he's on kind Tinder. of yeah. I'm, Josh does big. Josh doesn't need Tinder. That's the that's the only problem with the band is that there's two Joshes in the band. I oh, know, big uh, Josh, and you're not Josh you're and, not even big Josh. I know, I'm little Josh. That's even oh, really man. or bold Josh depends on which one. Um, in case either Joe's or Josh's rig goes down, I've also set up um, on my Cortex. Oh, you've got in, like a backup for the entire uh, rig. Yeah, so if something goes down, uh, Josh can plug uh, into input two and he's got a base rig set up. Yeah. And Joe can plug into input three and he's got a setup as well. That's uh, wicked, to be fair. That's that's the, the fact that there's a device out there that will take three separate instruments in and give three different sounds out is just incredible. And you can put a fourth input in. Yeah, that's just mental. Yeah. Um, and we did briefly try it out, and it worked extremely well. But the PA, I don't think the PA was able to handle the vocals going in there, the backing tracks, plus all of the other instruments as well. Um, yeah. because it's not the best PA in the world. Uh, imagine, was, was that all going into one feed into the desk? Uh, no, that's going into four separate feeds. All oh, right, okay. Uh, but the the PA like kind of half went out. Like 
about a month ago and like you can hear a crackle coming through it so i think something's gone within the pa yeah because ever since then we've just been struggling to get any decent sound out of it so i think something's gone in the pa but say when it comes to running live we have the option to just run through the cortex yeah um uh and run all through that but the biggest ball lake has been setting up um main stage um, I don't know if many people are aware of it. Um, it's it's kind of like it's an it's made by the same people that do Logic. Okay. Yeah. Um, however, it's like having been able to um, queue up backing tracks uh, for the drummer. Yeah. So how it works is we've we've got five songs that have got like a synth keyboard track in with bits and pieces. Yeah. Like because a few of the Paramore songs are a bit more like you know poppy in you know sort of uh they're in the middle of the set but the the drummer was struggling to kind of like hear all of us and then kind of having the the backing track come through the pa as well Mm. especially we're trying to get the timing right so i made click tracks with eight counts in at a different pitch so you could hear the eight count and then on the you know on the nine essentially yeah coming the tracks coming but um, how it works is it's got eight different feeds. I don't need eight. We're only using two. Um, but he is, it's basically like a mixer yeah. on the laptop. So he'll have it set up next to him. He's got to press space and then he'll kind of go one, two, three, like in his ear. Yeah. In his headphones, he's going to have the the click, the backing track and a feed from my guitar yeah into it as well so he's got some reference of where he is yeah but he can if he wants a front of house feed he can run that into because it's all running through my interface um but he's also got then independent controls of all the levels to say if he just wants to turn the backing track down yeah he can if he wants to turn the click up he can if he just wants to click he can and he can do it all through that but when he activates that, we don't hear the Yeah, you don't hear the differences. We we don't hear the click track. All we'll hear is the um the synths and stuff. The, the synth and the backing. The sample. Yeah. Uh the sample, which will also go to the PA. So he's got his own com- separate feed for everything. Um and That's so it, complex. It, like it, it really was. It, we had about four rehearsal sessions where we couldn't like I just could not get it working correctly. Yeah. Um and I spent, you know, every fucking week on my days off, I was like, okay, what what routing is this going to? What routing is this going to? And they're like, okay, I think I've got it. Go to rehearsal. No, I haven't got it. Right. Back <laughs> to square one. Yeah. Um and then I finally got it working and I was like say 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 literally um and when it did work it was fucking brilliant absolutely yeah. brilliant cuz he'll just start the 8 count and he's got four points to get ready obviously um like the clicks and everything are made to match the tempo and the key and whatnot um and then obviously he'll on the four when he starts he'll just hi-hat one two three four straight in and it's perfect and it ends exactly when the song ends and then he can just press 
space bar again and the next song's already queued yeah up. it's all, all like you you've programmed your set list in and then it's all just queued and that saves the the issue of the old drummer tempo creep as the night yeah. goes on and then they're getting excited the adrenaline's pumping and then you're suddenly playing a and song the twice thing the tempo is with that drummer this is his first ever band and this is going to be his first ever gig shit man like right on yeah i tell you what though he's fucking good like dan if you're listening like don't leave us please <laughs> i mean the the likelihood of him listening to this podcast about guitarists is probably quite slim he still be listening 50 minutes in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's it yeah for the one also, little bit of drum information it's also going to be the first outing of the new masterboard boom which Marcus Deluxe has done a fucking absolutely amazing job. Yeah, I mean, I saw like little, little bits on his Insta about it, and then you've uh... yeah, it's it's a mammoth monster. It's uh, nearly a meter wide. That's uh, definitely was... not what she said. Uh, <laughs> man, if she can take something a meter wide, then she, like fair play. Um, and it's about thirty deep, so it, no. it's it's a big boy, and I still couldn't get all my pedals on it. Uh, we have got new, in, we have got all the new pedals on the board, so we've got the Raise the Dead on there. Yeah, now. boy. Yeah, which I turned on for the first time, and I was like, "This is good. This is really, really good." It's the uh, silicon one, is it? Uh, yes. Is it, got a, is it got a black knob or is it a like clear cleary one. silver knob? Clear. clear yeah, it's just silicon. Silicon. Um, what else did I put on there that's new? The Wish Clon is finally on there. Way. Uh, I bought the Digitech Freak out just for some feedback boosting because I sent it for 60 quid on Facebook Marketplace. So I was like, hey, yoink, mine. <laughs> Considering they usually go for about like 150, 160 quid. I was like, yep, that's mine. Um, unfortunately, I ran out of patch cables to put a fuzz in the loop of the SY1 because Bimpson keeps telling me to. I will do it. I will. I just haven't got enough patch cables right now. If um, only we knew a guy. Yes, I I have kind of got uh, what you, the pedal patch uh, kit yeah. in the basket, but I, like, I'm so broke right now. Yeah. Um, and so how I'm using sounds for Paramore, I might as well talk about it. Uh, originally, I was using the PRS MT, um, the Mark Tremonti. Yeah, yeah, I think you mentioned that, yeah. Uh, I'm no longer using that. I am using a capture from the wonderful Rabia Massad, and he <laughs> sent me his um, VX100. Cool. Running through um, a Zilla V30 cab. It's the actual capture is the amp, um, the mic, and the cab at the same time. So I'm saving like two slots rather than having the amp and the cab. I've just yeah. got the one. Um, so I've got that in three different gain modes. I've got a clean, a crunch, and like full drive. When I'm on the full drive, I've got nothing else with it. There's no. EQ, it is literally just slap bang straight in your face and it gets the sound really well. Um, for 
Deco, because Deco's got that very shimmery kind of synthy guitar sort of sound. Yeah. Um, I'm running the Bass RE2 in the loop of the Quad Cortex. Yeah. And I'm just running that into the VX100 on the clean. Cool. Um, but that's that, that one's actually running into a Mesa V30. Yeah. Which I really like the sound of for the clean. And it, it's a really, really good, perfect sound for, for that. Um, a couple of songs I'm using it on a crunch. And um, because some of the songs don't require as much gain. So I use the crunch sound and then I just put on the, the Wish Clon. So yeah, to give it a just, bit of a presence pace. Yeah, and it, it works absolutely beautifully. Um, Effects-wise, I'm using a lot of octave. Yeah. Um, for some of the solos, there's oct- there's some octaves in there. Um, I just dialed it in by ear. I was kind of like going, uh, 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 okay, yeah, that's about right. Um, and it's all done on a guitar in drop C, but I'm using the transpose feature. Oh, okay, so, so that you can bring it up to... Take it back to... Yeah, um, so um, my chat, I'm, I'm geeking with my Chapman now. The, what, the baritone? No, well, I did think about it because it's... <laughs> Because it's got a bigger neck, and I quite yeah. like the neck on it, but it's got too much neck dive, that's it. So I was kind of fighting that. Yeah. And plus, soloing with a wound third was quite difficult. <laughs> um, so, the, yeah, I'm using my Chapman ML1 in Drop C, because uh, the majority of the set is done in C sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but because the Floyd on that is blocked off, uh, all I've got to do is just tune the low C into to D standard. Yeah. And then I've got the E standard part of the set yeah. done. And then when I change again, it, all I've got to do is just drop the, the D back to a C. And yeah. obviously then it doesn't fuck the Floyd up. Uh, and as a backup, I've got my Fender Strat. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, which is which is actually in C sharp, and then I've got the same patches, but just with the yeah, transpose yeah. changed slightly uh, oh. to cater. Right, and that's and that's my gig rig straight into the PA. That's it's it's like mega complex. I think it's about time that we uh, do a bit of housekeeping on our hot takes. So we're we're um, kind of an hour already, but let's hot take these takes. <laughs> uh, so last week <laughs> big muffs are cool if you like getting lost in a mix the options were incorrect or something or like choke me daddy <laughs> um, weirdly a lot of people didn't go for the, the, the daddy option that was bury me in the mix daddy wasn't it yeah it was bury me in the mix daddy which is a like potentially the the best option. I don't know why more people yeah. didn't go for that. Absolutely, it's the best option we've ever had. And despite the fact that it's not the option that I actually think it's the option <laughs> I voted for, because it said bury me in the mix, Daddy. <laughs> Indeed. Um, unfortunately, the campaign of bury me in the mix, Daddy, did not go well. It was thirty percent, pretty much twenty nine percent, and then seventy one percent chose the wrong answer. So <laughs> apparently, big muffs are still cool. So, yeah, cool. Nice one. 
This week, we have got a hot take, which I'm not sure I can even convince myself to go along with this one, but let's, <laughs> let's see. I have one, but I can save it because I think I'm really clutching at straws with my one. Right, so this this hot take is pretty much boomer logic, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Thick strings give better tone. Thick strings give better tone. What like where do we fall on this argument, gentlemen? I mean, I the I went through a long phase of using eights, and the only reason I went back to nines was because I kept snapping eights. Yeah. Um, and the heavier strings I've ever used are tens, so that probably tells you where I sit. <laughs> I mean, there's there's argument for like a snap string is bad tone, isn't it? It's not bad tone. It's no it's tone, is it? There's nothing about the tone is bad. The tone is non-existent. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I would go lighter if I wasn't such a fucking ham-fisted twat. Um, I, I yeah, I don't, I don't believe in it at all. Um, I. Oh yeah, I've I've heard this said many times. One, I don't want to fight with a guitar when I play it. I want to play it. I also want to be able to bend stupidly, like you know, you know, when you when you're bending two tones up on yeah. a G string and it just sounds incredible. And then you kind of roll off the top of your fretboard and you're like, oh, "Fuck's sake, I need to." The only time I've ever wished I had a seven or eight string was when I'm bending and I bend so far that I go mm. over the front side of the fretboard. Mm, nice. I've never bent that far. <laughs> <laughs> what well, I mean, it was slightly easier on guitars with Floyd Road systems, but yeah, it definitely done it a couple of times. Is that, see, that's I'm not sure where I sit in that because my strat, even though it's in C sharp right now, has nine and a half. Yeah. Set. But so then like my It's not actually. It's really not. It feels like tens on a normal style scale guitar. It feels really nice. Someone needs a setup. <laughs> it doesn't. It's it's perfectly intonated. It's it plays absolutely fucking beautifully. Um, but it has only got nineteen frets, so it's a hell of a lot of a shorter scale length. Because I tried tens, and it's like trying to bend iron girders on the guitar. <laughs> nice. But then, like my my baritone's got thirteens. Yeah, but it has to, doesn't it? Well, it's a, yeah. it's, it's a baritone, like it's tuned like mega low. Yeah, to be fair, I was pl- playing it in a really stupid tuning the other day, and I was just like, mm. <laughs> but I find now I don't know whether this is down to pickups or the strings that sometimes it can get quite muddy. But again, it's in lower tuning, so you kind of take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, that's uh, the frequency range that you're you're exploring there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I I sit neither here or there because you have people that say Stevie Ray Tone, you know Stevie Ray Tone, yeah. Let's just go with that Stevie Ray Tone. Yeah, you know had <laughs> yeah well, the be- he had the know. best Vaughn ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you, didn't he play with like fourteens or something? Stupid. He did, yeah, like thirteens. Yeah, or 14s. he played in E flat, but it was yeah thirteens or fourteens, I think. Uh, but then you know Billy Gibbons plays with eights. Sevens, yeah, yeah, he's he's gone up to sevens, and like you know, when he when he chunks octaves on some of his solos and some fuzz, it's fucking gnarly. So, there's arguments for both ends, yeah. No one's ever like commented on Billy Gibbons and went, Well, that's that tone's not quite, yeah, that's a bit (laughs) shit, isn't it? No, I, 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 and genuinely, I think even if it does make a little bit of a difference. 
you can tweak either your amp or your pedal to to cope but i've never noticed the difference like we've all been in a situation where we've had a guitar strung with nines and then we've had to put tens on it because they're the only strings that we've got lying around and you've never noticed the difference in the tone and you might have told yourself you did but you didn't because there wasn't one yeah i once taught a kid uh to play guitar who like largely didn't give a shit about playing guitar it was more of an obligation for him he ended up snapping a string and the only string that i had to replace it was uh like he snapped an e string and i had a b string ready to replace it so it was like a an 11 or a 12 yeah so i said i'll put this on for now so we can like continue on with the lesson part like so that you're not kind of wasting money here um but go to the go to the guitar shop and get yourself a new set of strings because clearly these are fucked. Yeah, that stayed on for six months. <laughs> um, of course, it did. didn't give a shit. Did not give a shit. Um, what did I it? Think... Did his guitar sound better? No, it fucking didn't. <laughs> I think what probably wait like for me. I mean, on the string subject, I don't think it's necessarily the gauge that has more of a difference. I think it's down to the structure of the string. Say if you've got, you know, like the Cobalt Slinkies or the Daddario MYXLs, you know, things that like coated maybe or have got like a nickel core or something like that. I think those probably weigh more of a difference than the the gauge. Oh yeah, no doubt. Like the because you can get stainless steel strings, can't you? Like steel steel strings, should I say? Uh, like pure steels, you can get like the nickel ones are your standards, but you can also like you can get like variations between them, and apparently they do make a hell of a difference. Um, yeah, I've got pretty much tens across the board. Well, you've even got like um, the the different coatings. Like, so I I use Alexa because my my sweat is just the most corrosive substance on planet Earth, probably. Um, not quite because I don't burn through nitrocellulose finishes like Stevie Ray Vaughan did, but you, you know I'm not far off it. But um, so I, I I have to use the coated strings because otherwise, like a a set of rotor sounds would last me about ninety minutes. A set of Ernful <laughs> slinkies was lasting maybe three hours if I was lucky. So I, I I just started using coated strings, and now I can last for like six months with a set of strings. Um, but you can definitely tell the difference between nanowebs and optowebs. Like you can hear the difference between the coatings. Yeah, I've I've noticed a huge difference since I swapped from MYXLs to XLs because I like once you get seven guitars and you're buying seven worked guitars <laughs> worth of MYXLs, it's fucking expensive. Um, what you do yeah, is I, every every month on payday, no matter what, buy two packs of strings. That is also a very good option, actually. Um, literally, I've got five sets of strings here. Because every month on payday, I go onto Amazon and I buy a set of nines for my uh, Fender scale lengths and a set of tens for my Gibson scale lengths. And I've always got a couple of sets of strings because I was finding the same thing. I was like, oh, I've, I restrung all of my guitars just before TT last year. Oh, fuck. All of my guitars need stringing at the same time. And I don't have 70 quid to drop on 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and since I've changed to XLs, I've noticed it's a lot brighter. Yeah. Yeah, the the MYXLs are dark. I find them sound like the, the standard XLs after about two months. They just, they sound like 
worn out <laughs> excels <laughs> which to me is completely backwards um the the ones on my variax at the moment are still going strong they're about two years old they're either optis optis or nanos i can't remember which and I am tempted to just leave them on until until something goes bang. Well, I tend to find that certainly with guitars with a um, the uh, Fender bridge, Fender style bridge, whether it's string or where it's string through either you know with a trem yeah, yeah. or whatever, I tend to find that one of the wound strings, the inner core, snaps, yeah, snaps at, and then it unwinds at, at, the, at the joint, yeah. and then and that, that tends to be when I decide whether when I'm going to change. To the strings on my uh, Fender Fender style guitars on my on my Gibsons, I haven't had a. In fact, I think I've, since I've had that Les Paul, I don't think I've snapped a string on it. Whereas my my Fender ones, because you know that instead of being at a, like a fifteen degree ample, they're angle, yeah, they're like yeah, a yeah. degree angle. It tends to be that they wear themselves because they're like there's one kind of yeah, like a point, point of vibration, yeah, of yeah. vibration, and and that tends to be where they go. So like in uh, not so much in the variacs because they're again they're this weird kind of fitting where you hook it into the back of the saddle it's okay so it's almost like you'd say probably about a 30 degree angle rather than a yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um where, whereas like for certainly for my cabernita i was finding that quite often they would go at the bridge because like literally there's a 90 degree angle there the, I mean that's the, core of the, that's the Lord's way of saying change your strings, that isn't it? That's, yeah, it is. It's actually, absolutely, and that's when you like, oh, if, if you restring all your guitars at the same time, that's when you go probably should restring all my guitars. Yeah, it's actually funny you mentioned that I was restringing all mine last week, um, and I've noticed on my baritone and a couple of my guitars, Floyd's saying about corrosive sweat. I completely took the the nickel finish off the baritone. That's completely worn away <laughs> where my hand naturally yeah. rests on, when I'm part of muting. And with my, I think it's my RZK, the one, the guitar that I've had the longest, I think I've had it about 10, 11 years now. Um, there's actually genuinely like grooves in the steel of the Floyd Rose <laughs> of where my hand rests and like the sweat is genuinely yeah, you've just, fucking. You've sweated into that metal for, for 11 years. <laughs> yeah. And it's genuinely like took a, a bit of metal out of it. I mean, that's that's nature's relic, that is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. But that's that guitar's also got a lot of dings on it. I feel that we've uh, we've moved away a little bit from the. That, <laughs> the that's how that's how crap the hot take was when he like he's just like oh, but, 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 okay anyway <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, yeah so I think we were all largely sitting on the sides of. Don't really play matter whatever. about it. Like, hey, play whatever strings you like to play. That's it. You do it, you. Yeah. Um, but this it's, is not up to us. It's up to, to the... air the side of actually in the argument. What makes you say there's a difference? What me? Yeah, because it's your hot take. Well, I, I've taken it from like boomer tradition, really, because that I've seen that on the internet more times than I've seen quite a lot of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it it weren't necessarily me. It was me. Standing on the soapbox on behalf of um, the, the the boomers, but yeah, oh, I, I don't think I've heard much of a difference. But again, this is down to the listeners, the the people who vote on these to make the actual decision. And if they decide that's the case, then we're gonna have to just all suck it up and get thirteens. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
So let's please vote sensibly. Please, please. <laughs> um, but I think that's probably a podcast for today. Um, we will save the, po- the conversation topic for next time because why the fuck not? Um, do you mean because it's the summer and there's going to be no news next week as well? <laughs> absolutely. I will I will let you know, though, um, the Headrush MX-5 is definitely something we've got to be talking about, Josh. So keep mm. that in mind. I will have questions. Um, but for now, uh, what do we do? We talk about our Patreon backers who are awesome. They are amazing. They are the, the coolest people on the planet. Um and for as little as $2 a month, you can be part of that exclusive crew. And I can actually offer you Patreon bonuses now. Like, this is an official thing. Uh, so there are a couple of bonus episodes. You get your name read out on the podcast. And you, you get just bigged up every week. I will I will say that you are the coolest people on the planet, even if you're not. They're not to know. They won't. They won't know. Um, but yeah, so our, our current Patreon backers. What was that, Josh? What was that? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, in the bit. Um, our Patreon backers are as follows: We've got Mr. Andrew Bimson, Mr. Adam Yeomans. We have got Mr. Doug Christ of Thirty Seven Effects of Masters of the Cinematic Universe podcast and of the Just Surprise Me podcast. We have got Mr. Hugh Rection. Wee. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, we have got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. And we have got Mr. Brian Gare of the Tone Jerks podcast and the Second Button podcast. All of the podcasts previously mentioned are absolutely excellent. As you may have seen within the recent post on my, uh, like within the, within the group, I actually, I'm subscribed to those podcasts. I listen to them. They are good. They have got my, my full recommendation. Um, speaking of which, I've also got your podcast on my my list as well, haven't I, Josh? You have indeed. The indeed. Guitar Geeks podcast. Indeed. Cheek, do you want that plug back before I stand on it? Because I'm in bare feet, so it, it will hurt. It's worse <laughs> than Lego. Uh, if you want to find me online, I am Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You can find me at Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. YouTube is the home to the No Talkal Tone series and the No Talkal Tone Versus series, which... This week has got that fraudulent company uh, doing the, the Prince of Tone, whatever it was called, Prince of De- Sound, Demon Effects. That's it, yeah. Those guys. So watch it, watch it quick because I don't think they'll be around for too long. <laughs> um, and then we've got some no talkal tone verses as well. I think we've got a clon off the following week. So do do stay do stay tuned because everyone likes a good clon off. Um, I'll be weighing in with mine once I figure out how I can film it. Indeed, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. Like we'll we'll do like a, a no talkal tone versus split screen where it's me me versus you. That'd be wicked. <laughs> I'm down for that. The only problem is is I've had to have the whole pedal blurred. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you probably will. Josh, where can we find you? You've you've mentioned the Guitar Geeks podcast. Where She's else can been... we find? which has been very slow going since I've been so busy at the moment. Uh, and you can find me at the Corona Mortis on Instagram and Joshy ZK on YouTube. And you also happen to be running the pedal boards of doom Insta as well, don't you? I am. Which I, am I have noticed. I am seeing you, Josh, like your, your good work is not going unnoticed there. So 
kudos on that one. Thank you. And Matt, here underscore Matt Q. At... Yes. <laughs> As he fucking yawns <laughs> in the background. So, like, that that wouldn't have been picked up. We would have got away with that. Oh, uh, no. I, yeah, sorry. I fell asleep before the podcast, and I'm going to feel fall asleep straight after as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. You uh, can, yeah, you can he'll have... underscore Matt Q at the Twitter and the Twinstagram. Right on. And right on. any fans. I mean, Coming that's soon. Matt After Dark, that is. <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you wanna if you wanna catch us, go in the Fret Talk podcast group. We are infinitely, infinitely in there. We do a poll every week. We share some stuff. I shared shared my podcasts this week as well. You'll see some of the, some of the coolest podcasts around. Um, but um, I've got. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. There we go. It might even come up on the uh, on the audio for the <laughs> podcast. I don't know. We'll find out. If so not, you'll have to edit it in now. I will. I've just said it. Boodum. It says Josh has messaged the, the. Have you sent me your audio already? We've not even finished, mate. No, I haven't actually sent you your audio. <laughs> um, so yeah, like get get in our, our Facebook group. It's really cool. And if if you're a person who is not part of the Facebook group already, and you join, you'll get a shout out. It just it's so good. Right. So that's our podcast for this week. From myself, Mr. Budgie Pedalchop. From Mr. Matt Quine. Say bye, Matt. Bye, bye. <laughs> okay. From Mr. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is Josh. It will be a tatty boy. <laughs> Good night for this week. That that knocked me for six, that did. I don't know why. <laughs> ta a bit. Bye. Bye. There's been a serial offender going around of a man who is dipping his testicles in bowls of glitter. It's pretty nuts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.